And good evening to my Dallas Cowboy fans. This is the Analytical Concepts Sports Edition. Um, great win yesterday. Um, I, I know, I know. As as the fans were like, "Hey, what is going on with the offense? The defense is clicking. The offense seems a little off." But I just want you all to understand. And I could be wrong, but then again, I could be right. 50-50 chance here. But if you look at the way they're playing, they did score. Um, they did out there and score a touchdown. They did score. They did, you know, Mari Cooper got in there. Um, <clears throat> the defense itself, let's just talk about that. Let's just get, let's just get it right out there into the open. Uh, Micah Parsons is really, really becoming that guy on the defense and getting getting the guys back such as Randy Gregory, Neville Gallimore, and, of course, D-Law. These guys are really – like, they came in at the right time and they stepped up and they showed out. Look at Michael Parsons yesterday. Two sacks, the forced fumble. Dorrance Armstrong, the scoop and score. This defense has really, really, really been clicking on all cylinders. And they really have been, like, in high gear since, well, let's see. Let's go back. Let's go back a ways to looking at some of these games. Um, <clears throat> well, let's let's take it back to... Hmm, let's go back to the Vikings game. That, de- like... That was one of their like better defensive showings. Then we know about the Broncos game. Well, they held them to three points. They came out inspired because they got embarrassed by Denver. Then they go on the road to KC, which is always tough to play. You don't just walk into Arrowhead Stadium and get a win. But they held the they held the uh, Chiefs, a high powered offense, to nineteen points. Think about that. Then you know we know about the Raiders game. The defense played a part in them getting back into that game. Unfortunately, you know, we know the stupid penalties really played a part in it. And we know the loss in overtime. But then the Saints game, the defense sealed the deal. Yesterday's game, the defense sealed the deal. Even though the defense kind of had a little bit of a letdown. And you got to give um Sims from the Redskins a hell of a lot of credit for making that catch over Diggs. That was a beautiful catch. You got to give credit where credit is due. But <clears throat> it was a big game in the sense of the standings. Dallas now sits at nine and four. Tonight's game for the uh, for the Cardinals and the Rams. This is big because if the Rams come out tonight and they beat the Cardinals, that gives Dallas that little bit of hope that they need because we know in order for them to go from the fourth seed to really the two seed. Because right now Tampa Bay's look Tampa Bay coming back off that loss against Washington. They've been hot. They've been hot. And um right now Dallas is looking they're looking the part of a team that is right on the cusp of turning that corner. We know defense is really much improved. They're ranked fourth overall. But also the most important thing here is this is Mike McCarthy's first winning season since 2016. Think about that. Uh He's getting it done right now as a co- as a team. This is one thing you got to look at. This team has a lot of flexibility within the coaching staff. So you have a guy like Dan Quinn, who we all know 
He was all right head coach in Atlanta. We know about the Super Bowl. We know about that. So let's just get that. Let's just wipe that off the table, right? He comes in for Mike McCarthy against the Saints, and he coaches a masterpiece. He does. So let's, you know, you can't take that away from him. You can't take that away from him. He did his job. But it's also that you could tell these guys love their coaches. And the guy who loves his coach the most right now has been Michael Parsons. He's spending a lot of one-on-one time with Dan Quinn in his shows. Now, I know what I love, and I know this, I know a lot of people are sick of, sick of, but you got to understand, Zeke has a place on his team. Zeke has earned his, his keep. Zeke has earned that I can start because I cut my teeth in this league. And barring injuries and the way the O-line is played, you give Zeke a healthy O-line, even though he's, he's slightly banged up with the knee. Um, this is the guy who's still uh, top 10 in rushing. So put that in, in your computer and process that. This is a guy right now who yesterday, that gets pushed out of bounds. First guy to step up is Zeke to push the defensive the defensive player from the Redskins to let him know, like, yo, you don't do that to my QB. Then we see Leo Collins come down on the attack. And that's what this team needs. That's what the, I think this is what's going to open up the offense next week and for the rest of the season is to see that fight. And that's what I think we wanted to know. Does this Cowboys team have, a, have that fight in them? The defense is doing what the defense is doing. They're out there getting the ball. They're, they're getting sacks. And they're getting stops. They came up, they're, they're coming into this game against a really hot Washington team. So you think about that. This team was hot. And they were really, really doing their thing yesterday. You know, also, you know, we lost, Leo, I mean, not Leo Collins, but Tyron Smith went out yesterday with an ankle injury. So he's not going to be playing next week against the Giants. But, but once again, Once again, it's the next man up. And um, as I told um, as I told some people that I know, such as my barbers, <laughs> told them, guys, as a Cowboy fan, I'm not sleeping on the Redskins. Tyler Henneke, this kid was coming in. He was hot. The boy was on a roll. <clears throat> the Redskins were on a roll. And this is what usually happens in division games. They're usually close. And it was Dallas could have, if Dallas really could have put something together offensively, like sustained some drives, at least got two more touchdowns out of out of the offense. Who knows what could have happened? But I, I just liked how Zeke was able to get some decent runs yesterday. It wasn't anything long, wasn't anything impressive, but he was doing his thing. Um, you know, no Tony Pollard. It is what it is. So, you know, when you start to get these guys, when you start getting these guys going, you get the next man up. Um, you look at the you look at the uh, you look at Clements, 13 carries, 44 yards. Elliott, 12 for 45. Dak had seven for 15. CD had two carries for 15 and Hardy had one for three. Um, There's some things that I noticed along with Dak yesterday as, as far as like that first interception. He was trying to get some height on the ball, but a little too much depth. And he really just basically handed that interception right into Landon Collins. So 
I'm not sure what was going on, but I like the way the defense was getting the ball back and making sure that, hey, Dak is our guy. The team is going to fight for this team. They're going to fight for Dak. They're going to fight for one another, which I think is going to be a key thing. So right now, Dallas currently is at the fourth seed. They got to win out. So it doesn't, I mean, the thing is they got the Giants and then they got the Redskins at home and then they finish, you know, then they got the Cardinals, which is a big game because right now, this Cardinals team, and we know how it is. We know how every team gets up for the Cowboys because it's America's team. This is Dallas. We know every team wants to sit there and embarrass the Cowboys because this team has a, a like they have riches. They have a, a king's ransom damn near at every skill position if you want to get technical. Somebody, somebody even say you're crazy, Mike. You're bugging. But let's take a look at this, right? You take a look at the, at the receiving core. C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, when he's healthy, he makes some, I mean, this guy's a baller. And we know what Amari does when he's fully healthy. But, and, and even looking at the stats yesterday, Coop had 5 for 51 and one touchdown. Gallup, 5 for 60, C.D., 7 for 61. Now, the, the, the thing that's kind of disturbing me here is they've gotten away from the tight end over the last several weeks. And I think if you sit there and you get and you get Dalton Schultz, who in the beginning of the season was really he's really making some noise. He's really making some headway. So much so that, you know, we kind of looked at Blake Jarwin as an afterthought. Going down the stretch, Kellen Moore, you need to get the tight ends more involved in the offense. A little dink and dunk ain't gonna kill. Dak, I think Dak will appreciate that because that Dinkin and Duncan is going to lull that defense, lull any defense to sleep. The two and the type of tight ends that we have that well, more I'll say more Dalton Schultz than Blake Jarwin. Jarwin is a guy that he has big playability, and we saw that when Witten was on the team, which is why Dallas didn't mind, Dallas didn't mind Witten going off and and going off to play for the Raiders and. So on and so forth. They, they didn't mind that because they looked at it from the standpoint of, hey, this guy has big playability. He's got that it factor. But then they go out and draft Dalton Schultz. And I saw Dalton Schultz play at Stanford. He's a guy. He's a nice short to intermediate guy. And he's a good inline blocker. He's really good against good as far as run blocking goes as for a tight end. And I'm like, OK, a lot of people, you know, snuff their nose up at that pick. But you got to know football and you got to know the type of guys that you're getting in on your offense. Um, now you're going to jump, going to jump the ship here real quick and go to that other side of the ball. That's been really winning the games for us is the defense. And you look, you know, just looking at the stats going down the list of the stats here, Jordan Lewis, six tackles, none assisted. Dorrance Armstrong, five, one assist. Michael Parsons, Three tackles, two sacks. Excuse me. KZ, two tackles, one assisted. Vanderess, two and one assisted, along with Curse, two and one assisted. Indeed, Law, two tackles, one sack. Welcome back. Neville Gallimore, one tackle, one assisted for one sack. So you, and then also Randy Gregory came back, one sack and one interception. That, and that was the key right there. That was a big, big, big play that tipped to himself. 
that's the, those are the type of plays that will get the team energized. It just has to transfer over to the offense. If the offense goes out and starts, like I said earlier, they start to sustain the drives. They keep the drives going. Dak can get himself into a rhythm. And Dak is a guy, he's like a jump shooter. And he's also like a lot of quarterbacks in the league. You get, in, you get them into a rhythm, you start to see the offense start to open up. And when the offense opens up, good things usually happen. Now, going back to the schedule, got the Giants coming up at 1 p.m. this Sunday. The day after Christmas, the rematch with the Redskins at home. January 2nd, the Cardinals come to town. That's the game right there. That's the big game. But before we get before we keep going on with the talk and the love of our Cowboys here, hey, if you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So you got to take a look at this Cardinals game and you got to look and see how this thing is shaping up. We know all about Kyla Murray, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, right? Baby Yoda. So we know, you know, we all know what Baby Yoda brings to the table. He's a he's an elusive guy. He makes a lot of crazy passes. Not Patrick Mahomes type crazy. Not Aaron Rodgers crazy. Not Matt Stafford crazy. But this guy really, you know, he makes some amazing plays. But I think the difference in this game here, and I'm going to just go out there on the limb. I'm not going to sit there and predict any scores. But I think the difference in this game here is Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is everywhere. Micah Parsons is in coverage. Micah Parsons is running down quarterbacks. And he he gives he gives a defense so much flexibility because you have to account for him. You have to account for him. This opens the door for guys like Van Der Esch, who really, I'm surprised, hasn't really taken advantage of what Micah Parsons is doing. Now, how am I tying this into what the Cardinals game is all about? Well, here's the deal. We know exactly where Trayvon Diggs is going to is going to line up, and that's against D Hop. The issue with the Cowboys secondary, and I said this in our last live, and it will not last live. I'm sorry, the last podcast is so used to doing lives, um, but the last the last episode, um, teams take advantage of the Cowboys' uh, aggressive nature in the secondary. And with that being said, like we saw yesterday, and I think this was a BS call, the Malik Hooker uh, personal foul call. That was ticky-tack. That was some BS. But what I like about it is, what I like about this is that I noticed a change in that defense with Malik Hooker sitting back there at safety. I'm not taking anything away from KZ because I think KZ's a pretty good player. He just doesn't take the right angles. But this is where Malik Hooker comes in and makes up for that. We know what Curse brings to the table. We know Curse is one of the better tackling strong safeties in the league. Here's a guy who also has a lot of tackles for loss from the safety position. So that's really a big bonus. That's a plus. Now, Dallas is going to have to account for this game now. I'm going to jump right back into this Cardinal, or back into the game we got coming up against the Giants. Now, 
you take a look at the Giants and you see what they're all about this year. Daniel Jones is going to be out. So uh, Glennon is going to be the backup. Mike Glennon is a tall, rangy kind of guy. And he has an arm. This could play to Dallas's, uh, Dallas's hands. He's not the most mobile guy either. He's not, but he's not necessarily a statue back there. So this is where Dallas has to really, really just kind of not try to tee off because Saquon Barkley isn't having this, you know, having a great season. But this, this is the get, this is the type of game that I call the trap games. These are the games where that rat poison, they might eat a little too much of that shit. You don't want to eat that. You don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. You don't want to eat the cheese. So Dallas, don't eat the cheese. Don't don't just don't fall for it. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Stick to your game plan. Stick to your guns. Be disciplined. Now, yesterday the penalties weren't bad again. Weren't really overly they weren't overly penalized, which is a good thing. Which is a real good thing. Um You know, and I'm going to go jump right into the stats. So Dallas had a, a 323 to 224, so basically almost 100 yards more yard, more yards. Uh, 201 passing to 124, 122 rushing to 100, and the average yards per play for Dallas yesterday was 4.1. So really, they, you know, so after the first down, they were they were looking at second and six, which is always what you want to look. That's what you want to look at: second and six, as opposed to second and seven or eight. Telling signs that the offense is starting to kind of get used to everyone coming back and they're starting to somewhat gel. But the problem is that O line, the injuries. Um, Dallas was 7 of 18 on third down. Not bad. Not bad. Not quite 50%. About, I'll say, 43%, if I'm correct. Could be off. If so, if I'm wrong, you correct me. Uh, Washington was 3 of 14. Uh, first downs, 19 to 14, the advantage Dallas total plays 78 total plays to 62. That's six. That's see when Dallas can get into that, you're keeping the other team's defense on the field for 16 extra plays. That team is going to get gassed. But the thing that kept Washington in it was the momentum that they got from the pick six also, but that touchdown, the touchdown, that, that, that touchdown that, uh, Diggs gave up now, what I was looking for was the penalties. Seven for 60. Seven for 60. But the time of possession, 34-29 for Dallas, 25-31. So pretty much give it almost a minute, diff, you know, almost about a 10-minute a difference. That's where Dallas has to really improve and keep other, keep those teams, those explosive teams with, the, with these explosive offenses off the field. Give your defense a rest because they've been busting their ass and they've been working hard. Now, I saw something where people are asking, is Dak regressing? Mm. I think Dak is still hurt. I don't think he's regressing. I think he's still hurt. I think he's trying to play through the pain. And I think he's more or less uh, trying to prove a point that, hey, you know what? I'm worth every bit of that of the money that I'm getting in this contract. Um, you know, I think Zeke is doing the same thing, too. You know, I got paid a lot of money. Uh, I'm going on a um, almost a uh, now I wouldn't say a bad season, a second bad season because last season was just 
as a team last for the team, it was disastrous all around. This season is a little different, but I, I really believe that um, Dallas can really they could turn this corner. There's something about this about this season that seems so different, and I think the makeup of the team is what's different. It's they got players, they got guys as as Coach Deion Sanders Sanders would say, they got some dogs. And the fact that they got guys that just want to play the game and love the game, you can tell these guys really love the game. You can tell they really love their coaches. This is a coaching staff. When you look at it, it's comprised of a lot of guys who've played. Some guys, like I know uh, when they went out and got Joe Witt, a lot of people are like, man, no, nah, I wouldn't have done that. Mm-mm, no, no, I wouldn't have done that. They went out and got Al Harris. And I'm like, yo, people tend to forget Al Harris was a baller. He was a dog in Green Bay and in New Orleans. You know, um, the one thing that we have to look at as a, and pardon me, um, all right. So as you take a look at the standings of this, as where we currently sit, we're nine and four, the Cardinals are 10 and two. That's the best record in the league. Packers and the Buccaneers are both at 10 and three. So Dallas has to win outright. Also. They hold the tiebreaker against the Packers, which is always a good thing. They don't hold the tiebreaker against the Buccaneers. We all know that because that week one loss. But if Dallas somehow pulls this off, we got to talk about the Dak haters because that's where I was. That that that's the one thing we're going to deal with is how many people still hate Dak. How many people feel that he's not worthy of the money now? Over the last couple of weeks, we know since he's come back from the calf injury, um, he hasn't been the same. And I think he kind of lost his rhythm because he was on—he was really hot. But as I alluded to this before, play calling is important. It's really important because I've said it before and I'll say it again. You have to establish a rhythm on offense. you got to set the tone. Dallas needs to be physical at the line of scrimmage because I'm seeing too many holes evaporate. So your backs don't really have, they don't have the opportunity to hit that hole because it goes so quickly. So, it's, and that's the thing. It's like you're running against teams who are stout against, against the run right up the middle. They have some speed on the outside, but not enough to where Dallas can, it's like Dallas can definitely kill. They can gash you on the outside. People keep thinking Zeke doesn't have speed. The guy has speed. The guy has speed. They want to use him as a battering ram. You got to use his versatility. And I'm not just talking about the versatility as a guy who you can swing out the backfield. I'm talking about his versatility as a runner. He can, yes, he can hit, he can hit it up, up the middle. He can also hit it on the outside. Pollard is a guy that we love. We love him because he's explosive. We know about the his return abilities. We got the chance to see that uh, on our Thanksgiving Day. Uh, we got to see the, ex- the the explosive big play that we saw early in the season from him in New Orleans. Um, you know, he didn't play yesterday. I think if he was healthy yesterday, he probably would have made a difference yesterday. But it is what it is. So... Dallas knows what they have to do. They know they have to win outright. They got to win. But I will say this. 
I will say this. The mentality of this team has changed. And not just that, not just because they're, they're winning. It's the fact that you get a guy like Micah Parsons who's just straight up a beast. Here's a guy who's, who graduated with a degree in criminology. Criminology from Penn State University in three years. So he's not like he's a dumb guy. He's a real bright guy. And he's going to make every team who overlooked him pay for the next decade plus. And I believe that Dallas is a Dallas is the team that's going to keep him. And you know what? He's a guy that you can keep him around a little longer than what he should be. Because uh, I think at this point, I know we're only going based off of one. His first season not even over yet. And he's just, you can look at him and tell that he spends a lot of time with his DC, his coordinator, defensive coordinator. And I think Dan Quinn is really loving this kid because he's seeing how flexible he is with him. You can line him up at middle linebacker. You can line him up at weak side, strong side, the defensive end. He's even he's getting better in coverage, which is scary because if he turns his head and plays the ball, there's a possibility with his athletic ability, he's not going to swat it. He's going to come down with it. This is where you look at this team and you begin to see how this draft class can quite possibly pan out. You look at all the guys that we drafted this year, and most of them got some playing time. Bohannon is a guy that I think is going to uh, pan out in the end. Um, we're getting, you know, we got a chance to see Tristan Hill come in, and you saw how quick he got off the ball, so much so that he got held and thrown down. If he comes through clean, well, he blows up the play in the backfield. In fact, I believe it would have been a sack. So guys are getting into the swing of this. The defense is looking like a defense that is not that's not playing no games. They're looking hungry. Now, to my Cowboy faithful, I mean to the true blue diehard fans, we know better than to say this looks like the 92 defense. We ain't going there. We ain't going there. What I will say is, hmm, commercial break. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to find, allow you to record and edit your podcast. Not fine, but right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, The whole thing is, when this season started, how many of you really thought really thought highly of this team? To be honest with you, to just be honest with yourselves. Now, I for one, I go into every season. I look at it from the standpoint of okay, last season is last season. This this upcoming season will be what it is. I look at how we draft. I look at where we go in free agency. And one of the things that kind of concerned me was the backup quarterback position. I'm like, okay, so. Danucci, Ben Danucci, we you know we saw what he did last season, and it was like a it was a lot of craziness. But but last season itself was crazy. This year, you know, it was only Cooper Rush on you know as the backup, and that goes down. And everyone's like, oh shit, Cooper Rush, yeah, uh, you know. And I was one of the guys that was kind of like, damn, Cooper Rush, hmm, you know, so much so last season we let him go. You know, and he was with the Gi- he was with the Giants last year, and they let him go in the offseason, and we went and 
scooped him back up, put him back on the roster. Um, and I think Cooper Rush got a good understanding of let me get my shit together and let me earn my spot on this team. And not only did he earn his spot, but he he earned himself in Cowboy law and in the history of of quarterbacks with the Cowboys. He came in. He got the job done. He understood the assignment and he made shit happen. And we he might not have put up 30, 40 points. He put up 20. They helped help put the team 20 points. Defense went out, held the, held the Vikings to 16 on Halloween night. Hell of a game. This is where you take, this is where you really check the mental makeup of your team. Because usually of Cowboys teams in the past, you take a look at when they were losing the games, like, okay. This season usually been over by at this time because, let's see, Dallas was sitting at this time when they got to, let's see, they played... Tampa, let's see, they will one, two, three, four, five, six. Six and one. When they lost to Denver, that put them at six and two, then seven and seven and two, seven and three, seven and four, eight and four. So just imagine if they just let's say they never bounced back from that Broncos game. Typical Dallas fashion from from what they were from what they were and what we were accustomed to was they would have lost big to, to the Falcons. They probably would have, they probably would have actually lost by a point to the Chiefs, not ten, a heartbreaker. Then they would have had another heartbreaker on Thanksgiving, which well it was it was one of those games that just pissed you off because of the penalties, and it was frustrating. But what the point I'm making here is this is not the usual cowboy scene that we're used to. And I think with the plays we have, you're, you're seeing a culture of guys or a culture being built here with guys who just want to win and not just win. the goal is let's go out and get players that fit the locker room. Let's go out and get players that fit the system. You know, I think Patrick Peterson still wants to have that star on his, on the side of his helmet. Would he be a good locker room presence? Yeah. I was hoping Dallas would have went after Richard Sherman. But, you know, you, as, a, as a fan, you know, sometimes you, you look at the game from a fan standpoint. But also as being a former coach, you understand. And, you know, it's not every you can't go out and have every player. Um, and it's not this is not the Richard Sherman that we that we all know and got accustomed to. Like, you mad, bro. We That's not that Richard Sherman anymore. Um When Dan Quinn came over, a lot of people kept talking about, you know, Legion of Boom. But that was Gus Bradley who created that Legion of Boom. Dan Quinn just happened to be a part of that and helped cultivate that. When Bradley left, Quinn took over and we saw them go to two Super Bowls with that defense. Now, as Cowboy fans, we're expecting Dan Quinn to basically build something here. And he is building something, and he's building it around Micah Parsons. Now, the scary part about this is Jabril Cox. Here's a kid that was coming. He was starting to come into his own. He's starting to round off into a good football play, and he got hurt. So this, beg, so this begs the question of, hmm, 
what happens with Van Der Esch? Because Van Der Esch hasn't shown me anything that, that he's worth even remotely having a contract renewed. Just being honest. I, I mean, it's cool, the wolf and all that, but I think when Dallas made the move to move away from Jalen Smith, who I thought, you know, great story. You know, has a, has that bad knee injury against Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl in 2016 Dallas still takes him in the draft if he doesn't get hurt he's quote he's uh the best linebacker in that draft but we know the injury he comes back you know he sits out the season comes back a little early uh we know the story from there you know the legs strapped up he says he's out there gutting it out great shit you know but once he got healthy I don't it's like he regressed it was like he stopped tackling. He he just wasn't that guy. I think, and, and you know, and you hate to say it, but the guys get the money and then they don't play the same. And I'm hoping that you know this isn't the case with this team. I'm hoping that with this new generation, with this new blood that we have here, because we're watching Trayvon Diggs really. You know, he he hasn't gotten. You know, he teams are throwing the ball his way. They're still going to test him. He still has to make the plays, though. That's the thing. He's got to make the play on the ball. Um, but, you know, you see, like I said, you see the shift in the culture of what it used to be to what it is right now. And these guys are hungry. And I don't think they're just hungry for a playoff win. These guys are hungry for Super Bowl wins. They're hungry for that Super Bowl ceremony, Super Bowl ceremonies. That's what they're gunning for. Because the guys understand the Dak contract. They understand exactly going out here, get Dak getting that contract, get being the third highest paid quarterback. So there's no more excuses. But I do have a prediction though. I'm not predicting scores. I do have a prediction that the offense is going to catch up to the defense come playoff time. And we're going to see the Dak that we saw in the beginning of the season. The silent, the silent assassin. We're going to see Zeke be that guy that we saw in those back-to-back 100-yard games, running strong, making plays. We're going to see the Amari Cooper, the guy that doesn't want to be touched coming off the line, making those double moves or just getting that one move to get off the line. We're going to see the gallop that we got to see in Tampa Bay. In fact, the one that we saw, well, shit, make the catch that he had in New Orleans. We're going to start to see these guys come back in gel as the playoffs begin as the next over the next several games. Um but I think the catalyst to this and I and I I said it before early in early in this podcast is what we saw Lael Collins do, what we saw Zeke do. They went after old boy. And they weren't letting up. And I think that's a key thing. When you don't let up and you let that guy know, like, nah, you're not, you're not doing that. You ain't doing that to our guy. That was, that was key. Now, let's get going. Let's get this thing going. Let's get it rolling. Because this is a talented team. Make that change at, say, at free safety. Let Malik Hooker get in there and get some run. Here's a guy that's really, if you really look at his, look at, look at the way he played in, um, in, in Indy, his career in Indy. He's not a, he's really not a scrub. 
He just doesn't get enough opportunities, especially here in Dallas. And Indy, he had enough opportunities. He played well. I believe he had some injuries too. So that's, na- that's the nature of the game. You're going to get injured here and there. It happens. Um, but this also goes to the front office. This, this is where you look at the Will McClays of the world and you look at Stephen Jones. And, you, well, we all know Jerry. We got to talk about Jerry. You know, we got to talk about Jerry Jones. But you got, you know, you got those guys up there in the front office. And Jerry, you know, going back to the draft, I believe I mentioned this in one, I think the, one of the first lives I started doing following the games is um, he allowed his, he allowed the, the coordinators and the coaches to get together and figure out who the best players were to fit this, that fit the scheme and not just the scheme, but the character of these guys. You go back to last year in the draft, and they talked about Trayvon Diggs. And Al Harris was interviewing him, and he just said that, you know, that's, that's, that's our guy. You think about that. Trayvon Diggs, from, he, it's, a total, it's a totally different player from what he was when he came in last year to where he is now. That's a lot of work, hard work and dedication. These guys are start. you can see them getting locked in. You heard the victory speech. If you didn't hear it, you can find it on YouTube. But um, they all know what's at stake here. And that's what they're playing for. But that is my time. I appreciate each and every single one of you who will listen to this. Uh this podcast is not for me. It's for you all. I do this for you guys. Um, I do appreciate those who do take the time to listen when I send it, when I send it out to you all. Um, I do appreciate each and every single one of you who take the time out to join us on the live. Um, this is a beautiful thing that we got going on here. And uh, to whoever, whoever donated some money recently... I appreciate I appreciate you. So please, if you like what we do here and if you like what we do on the live, please donate money to this podcast It is greatly appreciated because it will go to getting better equipment, better things that we can actually build this show off of. And I promise you, I won't do too many more shows about the Cowboys. I know a lot of y'all don't like it, but that's why I send it out to the people who do like the Cowboys. <laughs> so bear with me. And we will be back to doing more shows that we were doing before. Um, and please don't be afraid to give me any feedback. I need all the feedback. I need to know what I can do better and how to make a better podcast. Also, to those of you who follow the live, please drop some DMs. Let me know. Let, let me know. Let uh, Frank know. Troy know. JJ know. Uh, Mr. Francis let us know what we can do better to have better lives because that's what makes us go and that's what makes this thing tick and work and hey you're part of the machine too so thank you and um till we meet again next monday see you